When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Hey, hope you're having a great evening. Appreciate you tuning in tonight. Quickly updating the scoreboard. 1-1 now. Blues and Blackhawks early second period. Tarasenko tying it with his 32nd, 26 seconds into the second. Ottawa up 3-1 against the Rangers. That is late in period two. Flames and Ducks go at it at 8.30. Raptors lead the Nets 79-67. Five minutes left in the third quarter. Earlier, Blue Jays 5-3 win over Baltimore. And the Oilers farm team on the ice against the Manitoba Moose, scoreless early in the second period. The Moose won last night. The Oil Kings will play Calgary. The Hitmen winning Game 7 against Lethbridge last night. That series will start 7 o'clock Saturday at Rogers Place, and then Game 2 is Sunday at 5, oilkings.ca for ticket info. So we were hoping for a Battle of Alberta in the NHL. We'll not get one, but we will get one in the Western Hockey League. Calgary really came on. In uh, the second half of the season, they were doing really poorly about the first 20 games or so. Good rally to not just make the playoffs, but get into third in their division. And great story for the Oil Kings this year. Trey fix outstanding season. We had Connor McDonald and Wyatt McLeod, two, uh, one of the two of their defensemen. They were with me in studio yesterday on the face-off show. Fun guys to talk to, really good players. Good job by Coach Brad Lauer. They, they got a lot of strengths on that team. They won their last 11 in the regular season, they fell behind two games to one against Medicine Hat in the first round. Uh, the six foot seven goalie for the Tigers, Mad Sogard, was excellent, but the Oil Kings able to figure it out. And uh, Vince Laschiavo got the overtime winner, the series winner in game six to get the Oil Kings to advance. So uh, good for them. That's going to be a fun series to talk about. Some uh, text to 630 I played the uh, clip from Craig Simpson speculating about a, a trade for Nugent Hopkins if the Oilers can improve other areas up front first. And I also referenced, we do have some people out there who don't like some things about Darnell Nurse's game. Uh, Troy from Bonneville texting in says, very tired of Oilers fans being overly critical of players. Nurse stands to become a very good defenseman for years to come. D-men take longer to develop, and so far Nurse keeps improving every year. He's on the verge of taking the next step. The problem with the Oilers is that fans run the players out of town. We talk about giving our young players time to develop. We'll let them develop. I will close by saying we would be so much further ahead had we not overreacted before the Shirelli hiring. Please learn from the past. We are a couple of years away from being a contender. That is Troy from Bonneville. And Cam from Red Deer says, Darnell Nurse is 24 years old. Let's be sure to trade him before he comes into his prime. That's a joke from Cam in Red Deer. Darnell Nurse uh, is indeed 24 years old. He has played 277 NHL games. He has 87 points and, of course, 40 of them 
this season. I think he's a pretty good player. Is he going to be a, a true number one defenseman in the NHL? No, I don't. But I think he's going to be a good player. And and, and I will say this. Uh, I mean, look, Troy from Bonneville, I appreciate your text. I don't think the problem with the Oilers is that fans run players out of town. I think the main problem is is that they haven't had good enough players on the roster, and that's through drafting and uh, bad trades and, and free agent signings that didn't work out. Um, but but I do think there is some value to having a good player on your team. Because right now, the Oilers, they have uh, great players, a couple of them, a few good, and then there's a big drop-off, uh, a big drop-off. So I think if you have a guy where you say, you know what, He's, uh, he's not perfect. Maybe he's not great. Maybe he has the occasional off night, but, but he's good. And I think when you have a team like Drysdale and McDavis, uh, McD- and McDavis and McDavid, and you build a good team around them, and you have good, solid players who do their jobs most of the night, you'll have a much better team. And, and right now the Oilers have a bunch of players who, uh, you know, I, again, I think most nights they're trying, but they just... They just don't have the ability. So if a player has the ability to be, you know, a good player, an above-average player, some nights a very good player, I think it's important to keep them. I don't think you want to... I mean, look at all the players we talk about. What if they had found a way to keep? Uh, Justin, I mean, Schultz and Petrie come to mind right away. Devin Dubnik. I mean, I mean, there's another one. I, I mean, Matt Hendricks was a fourth-line player. Beautiful human being. Beautiful human being, worked his butt off, but who would you sooner have for the last five years? Well, the Oilers didn't even have Hendricks for that long. Uh, a top six goalie in the NHL, because that's what Dubnik became, or Matt Hendricks. So you got to keep the guys that you think are good. You got to invest in the guys you drafted, especially the guys you drafted high, and try to build the roster that way. Uh, Richard says, I agree with keeping those five players that the caller last night stated. I think Nurse is a good player. We need players like that with toughness on defense. I think in the interest of having a deep forward core, we have to keep Nuge and either draft or sign better defensemen. That is from Richard. All right. Uh, Oh, and we got a troll. Well, I don't read a lot of troll texts, but I'll read one tonight. Don't worry, Reed. All you Edmonton sports fans can also watch the Stampeders roll all season while the Eskimos flirt with mediocrity, much like the Flames and the Oilers. Okay. That's nice. We will, uh, let's take a quick time out here, Angie. We will bring in our guest after the break. I want to get an update on this story. The Canadian Women's Hockey League folded. It was actually around for 12 years, but all of a sudden on the weekend, gone. Christina Rutherford will join us after the break. All right, good to have you tuning in tonight. Oilers and Sharks tomorrow on 6.30, Chad. Face-off show at 5.30. The game will start at 7. I'm pleased to welcome to the show, she writes for Sportsnet, sportsnet.ca, Christina Rutherford. Christina, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Good, how about you? Doing very well. Thank you so much for making time for us tonight. And, of course, you have been all over one of the biggest stories in the hockey world over the last few days, and that is the CWHL 
is done. They have uh, they have decided to fold. Christina, you've been covering this very closely. I'll start with the basic question: Why? Why is this league not going to continue on? Well, the the number one reason is money and a lack of financial stability going forward. The board of directors had a vote on Friday, last Friday, and basically decided, I don't think it was unanimous, but decided the majority of them that, that it didn't make sense to go on the way they were. They'd been looking for additional funding and additional partnerships for what could have been this coming season, and when they couldn't find that money, um, they just sort of thought, we shouldn't continue this way. So give me a sense of, of the revenue and the expenses for the league. I mean, obviously the, the players were were paid. I, I, I doubt any of these players were becoming extremely wealthy by, by playing in the league. And, you know, what were the what were the crowds like? What was the corporate sponsorship uh, like? What were some of the dollars and cents of this matter? It's, um, some of the numbers are now starting to come out, but I mean, I, I think a good example is if you look at a partnership between an NHL team and its CWHL team. So you had uh, the Calgary Inferno partnered with the Calgary Flames, which sounds great. And the Flames did a lot of promotion around the Inferno, who just won the Clarkson Cup, actually, probably the last one that will ever be awarded. Um, but their financial contribution to the team yearly was around twenty five or thirty thousand dollars. So these teams weren't getting much in the way of, of support from their NHL partners. Um, the players were paid only starting two seasons ago, they were paid between two to ten thousand dollars for a season. Um, and in terms of corporate spark corporate partnerships, pardon me, Scotiabank had been, um, I think, the league's largest partner, and I'm not sure exactly the, t- the terms of that deal. And the league also saw some money coming in from China because it had a Chinese franchise this past season and two the, se- the season before that. So there was money coming in from a lot of different sources, but I don't think any of those sources provided enough well, it made the league feel as though it was, you know, financially sustainable going forward. Okay. Well, it often comes down to that, unfortunately. Um, what what was the crowd support like? Uh, you know, six six teams this past season. There were some franchises, obviously, that came and went, but that tends to happen in in most leagues at some point. What or were, were there maybe a couple markets that were stronger than others? I'm curious uh, to know how that was going. It was good at times, and then it was really troublesome at other times. Montreal was one of the stronger franchises in terms of its fan base, and they drew more than a thousand fans to their first game. But if you if you were watching any of the playoff games in Calgary uh, near the end, there you could you could count the number of fans in the stands. And Toronto certainly had trouble drawing fans. But then you saw events like the CWHL All-Star Game, which had a crowd of more than 9,000 people in Toronto, and the Clarkson Cup, which also had a crowd of more than 9,000 people. So when the games were, I think, properly promoted uh, and covered by media, too, I mean, that matters, you were seeing those those seats still. It's just they they were struggling in, in most markets, I would say, drawing a consistently decent fan base i'm curious how did it work with the team in china because it seems to me that would be 
a, a bit of an yeah. obstacle and something that would create expenses that that there and I think there was a, another team in China in the past as well but how did it work with the with the team in China so a lot of people are looking at that team and thinking you know maybe that's about the demise of this league but I would say it absolutely didn't because China was actually funneling in I believe about half of the money that the CWHL was bringing in um, last season at least came from China and so they were also paying their players some of them were making six figures to be not just players but ambassadors for the game and they would pay to fly out all the teams would would make one visit for a weekend or two play a few games and head home and, and China paid for all that paid for the accommodation um, so that's how it worked. I mean, it wasn't obviously an ideal setup for a lot of these teams in North America because they're flying out in coach and they're waking up in China and playing a game that very next day. Um, I was out there actually last year and it, it took me, I, I'd say, a week just to feel normal, you know, with the time difference. And these players are just getting up and going the next day and I saw I saw a few of them eating breakfast in the hotel you know they just looked gassed and China had a really good record at home both of those teams did that inaugural season and you can guess why right the travel was was pretty tough on these players um but it it wasn't a neat opportunity I think for a lot of them they acknowledged that and of course for the Chinese players in building up to the 2022 Olympics in Beijing, um, it was an important piece for those players as well to be consistently up against some of the best players in the world, which they really hadn't had the opportunity to do that um, before. Christina Rutherford joining us from Sportsnet. We're talking about the CWHL's decision to fold. I want to ask you kind of a couple of things that are out there and get your sense of a couple of common things that are being said. One of them is, well, the NHL should buy this league. If the, if the NHL just owned the whole league, it'd be fine. They'd have the, all that power and money behind it, and that would help, and that would really help women's hockey. Is, is that a solution in your mind? I think almost everybody would agree that the NHL having a big role in this would solve a lot of problems in terms of obviously awareness around the game a lot of a lot of people didn't even realize that they had teams in their home markets until the cwhl folded and then they discovered oh there's a team in toronto there's a team in montreal certainly the nhl could fix that problem you know with a snap of the fingers and obviously they have the money to support the league um but the nwhl which still exists and is the only professional women's hockey league now in North America. It announced yesterday that it's expanding to Toronto and Montreal, obviously trying to move quickly in light of the CWHL's uh, decision to cease operations um, and seeing an opportunity and wanting to provide an opportunity for women to play in Canada. Um, and they also announced that one of their biggest financial partners is now the NHL. But the terms of that deal, my understanding, are that the NHL last year, last season, gave 50000 each to the CWHL and the NWHL, and it's now allocating $100,000 to the NWHL for this coming season. So if that's the extent of that funding, I mean, that's, that's peanuts, right? And it's the same amount, I think, that they're giving to the winner of their playoff bracket on NHL.com. 
So I think obviously that's a solution, but the NHL and Gary Bettman have long said, you know, we're not getting involved. We're not starting a professional women's league unless there isn't one in North America. So until the NHL ceases to exist, which is something I don't see happening, um, the NHL is not going to be involved. All right, and and I got to ask you the other one, and I'm sure you've you've heard this from uh, from some people out there that chorus that pops up and is going to say, well, of course, you know, women's sports, people don't care, they're not going to follow it. I, I don't think that's fair because this league lasted for 12 years, and like you said, there's another women's hockey league uh, still going. Uh, but having said that, that you know, the the league didn't make it, and as you mentioned, there were some games that weren't overly well attended, and. You know, you are a woman covering women's sports, too. So I think it's fair from that angle, uh, just that when you hear that chorus, oh, yeah, you know, people don't want to pay attention to that. They prefer men's sports. How do you respond to that? Yeah, it's a really tired narrative, really. Um, And, I mean, people are free to have their opinions, right? If you don't like watching basketball, you don't like watching basketball. You don't like hockey, you don't like hockey. That's perfectly fine by me, but I think... Seeing the response that we've had to articles on our website about women's hockey and uh, games that we broadcast, like the Clarkson Cup, um, had a record number of viewers this year. And when the CWHL folded, that was the number one story on our website all day long. I mean, there's certainly interest there. And once you get fans in those seats, and I think also, too, getting to know the players helps, obviously dynamic personalities in the game like Natalie Spooner who is a star for the Toronto Furies and who knows where she'll play next season but she's currently in Finland with Team Canada and I think you know we as media need to do a better job of of highlighting some of these female athletes because they're exceptionally skilled they've got great personality all those things and Anybody even that comes into the game, um, the current coach, Perry Pern of the national women's hockey team in Canada, said a a few times that he's just blown away by the level of dedication of these women and they're playing for, you know, virtually no money. Um, And I think, yeah, it's something that, that people need to pay more attention to and that hopefully moving forward, there are more eyes on. I think if... If it stays the way it is and there's one professional league in North America, I think that that's a good thing, too, because you've got all that talent in the one league um, compared to what it was like this season when you had Shannon Sabato, the Team Canada goalie, playing for one title, and you had Mary-Philippe Poulin, Team Canada captain, playing for another, which makes no sense. So I think sort of the consolidation of all that talent in one pool will also help, and it'll be the best product we've ever seen in a professional women's game, and I think it'll get more eyes and hopefully more attention that that it certainly warrants. Well said. Christina, thank you so much for your time. You've done a great job covering this story. Really appreciate you joining us on 630 Chat tonight. Thanks for having me. That is Christina Rutherford, sportsnet.ca, all over that story with the Canadian Women's Hockey League. Richard writes in, says, very sad to hear about that league folding. 
I was actually hoping they would get a team here in Edmonton so I could start attending games. There has to be a better business model for somebody to figure out. Let's get it done and keep it all Canadian. The Big L says, Reed, unfortunate the CWHL folded, but I'm certain in the future when a similar league is more firmly established and financially supported, the women involved, including writers like Christina... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline will be honored as pioneers a couple of texts to 6:30 6:30 we're back after the 7:30 news <laughs> Chicago leading St. Louis 2-1 late in the second period Senators up 3-1 on the Rangers early in the third. 8.30 start for the Flames and Ducks. The Oilers will take on the Sharks tomorrow. Final home game of the year for Edmonton. 5.30 face-off show here on 6.30, Ched. The game will start at 7. The Bakersfield Condors in a 1-1 tie with the Manitoba Moose. That is late in the second period. The Raptors lead Brooklyn 107-96 with 3.15 to go. Earlier, the Blue Jays over Baltimore 5-3. This is quite a stat. The Blue Jays are the first team to have starters allow no earned runs in five of the first seven games of the season since the 1917 St. Louis Cardinals. Matt Shoemaker today, scoreless through seven, only gave up two hits and a walk, struck out eight. Now, of course, the Blue Jays have lost a couple of those games where they, uh, the starter hasn't allowed a run. They're three and four to start the year. This texture to 630-630 says, uh, would slash could the Oilers rehire Todd McClellan? The players in the city liked him. Very obvious it was the players, not the coach, that caused their performance. Uh, well, that, wouldn't, uh, that would not happen. Uh, I mean, you said, could it happen? Well, yes, I mean, legally it could happen, but it, it would not happen. That uh, ship has sailed with Todd McClellan. We will see where he lands next season or maybe even the season after if he winds up as the coach in Seattle. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Hey, uh, this is uh, going to be a fun interview here. A lot of good things going on with the St. Albert slash Midget AAA team and Madison Willen is a member of that team. Madison, welcome to Inside Sports. You're on with Reed. How are you doing? Hello, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. It's great to talk to you. Thanks for checking out. You, you just had some training tonight. What were you guys doing? Yeah, I just got home from workout. Okay. Your coach is Dan Ockenberg. Does he work you pretty hard? <laughs> he always does. <laughs> okay. Madison, obviously a, a big weekend for the St. Albert Slash. Let people know what's coming up. Uh, well, we just recently won provincials in our league, and so we're playing the winner from BC in a three-game series this upcoming weekend, and the winner from that series goes to nationals called the SO Cup. Okay. Now, and didn't you win the SO Cup last year? Yes. We won it two years in a row, actually. Two years in a row. Were 20, you on... 2017, 2018. Were you on both those teams? Yeah. How come the Slash have been so successful? Um, I think it stems from our coaching staff. 
um, just that they preach us to always believe in each other, and we have such a strong team chemistry in all the years that I've played, and we have that um, never-die mentality, and we just sacrifice everything for each other, and we've been successful through that. Okay. T- tell me a little bit about getting the, to the tournament last year and winning it for the second year in a row like were you guys kind of the target for a lot of teams did you go into the favorites what was last year like yeah last year we went into provincials and we're probably the underdogs we weren't really expected to win we're the number two seed going in and uh we ended up tying the final game in provincials with six seconds left and then we won it in overtime and so that was pretty special to get a chance to go back and play bc and then we uh beat bc in three games to get back to Esso, so it definitely wasn't easy last year. Now, what about this year? Were you maybe, uh, you know, more of a favorite going in, and you must have everybody in the league gunning for you guys? Yeah, this year we're the number one seed going in. We're definitely the favorites, and uh, we went 4-0 in provincials, so it was uh, less rocky than it was last year. Okay. Madison Willen joining us from the St. Albert Slash, uh, the female midget AAA team. They have won provincials, and they're getting ready for Pacifics. Uh, so, sorry, who are you playing this weekend? Uh, the Greater Vancouver Comets from uh, D.C. All right, and when and where are the games if people want to check them out? Uh, we play Friday, Saturday at 7.30 at Aikensdale and 12.15 on Sunday if necessary. So it's, it's, a, it's a best out of three. And then where's the SO Cup this year? It's in Sudbury, Ontario. And is that, what, a five-team round-robin, four-team? Um, I believe it's five teams. Well, you play, sorry, six teams. You play every team once. Okay, so it's, okay, it, yeah. it, but it is it is a larger tournament as opposed to a series against one team. Yes, the SO Cup is a full week. Okay. So, t- Madison, tell me a little bit about your hockey career. And, and, you know, in the last segment of the show, I had Christina Rutherford on from Sportsnet, unfortunately, about uh, a f- the Women's Hockey League folding. So we'll see what happens there. But obviously, there there are a lot of opportunities in female hockey that, that didn't used to exist. What's your history as a player? Uh, well, I played boys hockey up until Pee Wee. And I switched over to girls hockey in Bantam. And I played two years there with Edmonton Lightning, where we won provincials both years. And then in midget, I switched over to St. Albert Slash. And uh, we've been winning ever since and hopefully keeping it going. <laughs> okay, Madison, i got to clarify something here. You have won provincials five years in a row as a player? Yes. Have you, have you considered asking the Oilers if they would sign you to a contract? <laughs> um, no, I haven't. Um, but I mean, every team I've been on, it's been such a great group of girls, and it's a team game for sure. Definitely can't do it alone. So I've just been fortunate enough to be on really good teams. Well, what position are you, and what's your role on the team? Um, I'm a forward uh, on the team, and uh, I'm captain this year, and that's pretty special in my third year to be that player. What kind of a, um, what kind of a captain are you? How do you lead? Um, I'm definitely an on ice leader and off ice if I need to be. Um, I like to be a role model more on the ice and just show the girls um, what to expect and how to act in certain situations. All right. So what's the what's the practice schedule here for the rest of the week? I get well. I guess you play in two days. Are you guys going to skate tomorrow? Yeah, we have uh, practice and video session tomorrow, and then getting ready for this weekend.
All right. And I understand you're a pretty good baseball player as well. Tell me about that uh, part of your athletic life. Uh, well, this past year, I actually made the women's national team uh, for baseball, and we competed in the World Cup uh, this past year in Vieira, Florida. And uh, that was pretty special. We, uh, we won bronze against the USA. And, uh, yeah, it was a really cool experience. Okay, now, pardon me if this is a stupid question, but this is actually baseball, right? Because a lot of the, like, it's the women's, uh, f- what do they call it, fast pitch that is in the Olympics. This is this is baseball? Yes, this is, like, Major League Baseball, yeah. Right, okay. And you were on the, win- like, the senior women's national team at the age of 17? Yes, the senior women's national team. Now, how did you get so good at, at baseball as well? Like, you're like Bo Jackson, two sports. <laughs> Uh, well, my parents exposed me to a lot of sports at a young age, and I just fell in love with baseball in the off-season from hockey, and I just kept going with it every off-season and balancing both hockey and baseball, and um, I kept working at it just as hard as I was at hockey, and I ended up making it to Team Canada. So. And what position are you in baseball? Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm a lot of positions. I play second, short, third. And I also pitch, so definitely an infielder. Who's your favorite baseball player, if you have one? Um, well, former um, Bo Jackson, like you said. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. I, yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Uh, you're obviously not old enough to remember him playing, though, but <laughs> you've seen the videos. No, but I, yes, I have. <laughs> and who's your favorite hockey player? Um, That's a tough one. I mean, there's a lot of really great guys, but obviously – watching the speed of Connor mcdavid and just his hands is unbelievable to watch and um yeah okay so this is i assume you're in grade 12 then yes so do you have uh any post-secondary athletic plans what's going on with you for for the fall yeah i am committed to the university of alberta for next year i i gotta say madison i think that is a great decision Thank you. So Howie Draper, uh, I assume he recruited you? Yes, he did. All right. So you're going to get to stay home and play, or I guess close to home anyway. All right. So if if fans want to go out this weekend, again, it's at Aikensdale Friday and Saturday at 7.30. If you need a third game, it's at 12.15 on Sunday. Tell people what to expect from uh, from the female midget AAA hockey. I know a lot of the university games are very low scoring. Uh, you know, the Pandas had a ton of shutouts this past year. What, what's it like at the midget level? What could they expect? Um, it depends. I mean, we're both really um, we're both really good offensively, and so it'll really come down to defense. So we're hoping it'll be a high-scoring game for us and not so much for them, but they'll definitely expect a highly competitive game for sure. Did you play this team uh, last year in Pacifics? Yes, and the year before we faced this oh, team wow. for years now. Yep. Okay, so a real rivalry then. That's pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, Madison, I really appreciate you checking in. You've done amazing things in your young life athletically already. I hope it continues. All the best here in the short term this weekend. I hope you win the Pacifics again and move on to the ESO Cup. And uh, longer term, all the best with the Pandas. I'm sure you'll be on my show at some point representing the evergreen and gold. I really appreciate your time. Yes, thank you so much. That is Madison Willen checking in on Inside Sports from the St. Albert Slash. And, uh, wow, she's also made the Canadian National Women's Baseball Team, 
when she was 17. So she has a bright future. That's incredible. But uh, short term, she's going to try and uh, help the Slash win the Pacific Championship late again. Good stuff. Awesome to have her on the show and uh, a lot of good hockey going on in Edmonton and area. So glad to shine the light on that a little bit. Okay, it is 745 uh, I'm just going to tee up this next interview. He's standing outside the studio right now. I don't know if he can hear me, but we're going to talk about old men hitting the diamond. That's when we get back. It is Inside Sports on 6.30. Chad, it is a pleasure to have you tuning in this evening. I want to remind you that some guests on the show get gift certificates to Northern Chicken. Don't forget about their brunch, Northern Chicken-style buttermilk biscuits, sausage, gravy, and smashed potatoes. Sundays from 11 and until 2, visit northchickenyeg.com. One of the best things about my job is that I can wake up in the morning and not be entirely sure what I'm going to be talking about when I hit the airwaves in the evening. And sometimes it can be something where I didn't think I'd be talking about that today. This falls under that category. We have talked about this sport before. We've had some fun with it, and it is uh, it is fun. It's something a lot of you will do in the spring and summer months. And uh, I got one of my buddies, one of my coworkers. He's our real retail sales manager here at 630 Chad, Kevin Spriggs, dropping by. Kevin, how are you doing? I'm doing fine, Reed, and thank you very much for taking the time. I know you keep all the serious sports till the end of the show, and that's why yes, I'm here. that's what we're doing now, because you are with... No, this, this has a great title, because I, I don't consider you a senior. Neither do I. But you're with the Edmonton Senior Slow Pitch Association. Edmonton Senior Slow Pitch, the ESSP... A.ca. Now, what is the actual age range for this? Well, actually, uh, in the ESSPA, we got a couple of different divisions. We've got the Bronner, the Hanson, the Hirsch. Now, these three divisions are co-ed. Uh, ladies, 45 plus, men, 50 plus. Somehow or another, I have no idea how I ended up in the AA division, which is the competitive, the Cuthbertson division. <laughs> That's all male, 45 plus. Um, and literally, we have guys on the team that are, you know, 50 plus, 60 plus. A lot of good athletes, a lot of guys that uh, grew up playing ball that are still playing ball they play because they love it they love the social aspect of it uh, but those are the divisions that we have okay well that that sounds great uh it's been a while since i played slow pitch because when you work uh, into the evening yeah, it's, a, it's a little limited. I used to play in, in Lloyd Minster where often I would work till 7. Then sometimes you'd have a shift where you'd work till 11.30. So well, and that's when you played thing. six of the 18 games, you weren't a member. No, <laughs> you, you, you didn't get a spot on the roster. Yeah. No, but you know, that's the whole thing. Like when I first saw the ESSBA, I saw a sign on the side of the road that said senior slow pitch. I said, well, that'd be fun. You know, I mean, could I take a cane out on the? <laughs> Let me tell you something. These guys, like in the Cuthbertson and the, in the AA division, unbelievable ball players. There is some incredible talent. Well, I heard a rumor. Somebody in this room just turned 46 i turned 45 on 45 Monday. so yes. i mean look at you you're a machine i've oh, seen oh, you on thanks, the, i've seen Kevin. you on the golf course i mean <laughs> seriously tiger wilkins you are an unbelievable athlete you look at a guy that's 45 years old like these guys can play yeah. i mean if 60 is the new 40 45 must be the new 30 new I guess. 25 or something well yeah. exactly i mean unbelievable talent i mean I've, I've stood and watched i mean guys going kevin pilar in the outfield you know doing the superman digging ground balls turning double plays none of that has anything to do with me 
I'm the, I'm the guy standing back watching. Going, right. Boy, did you see that? Uh, but there's some unbelievable talent in the league. There really is. All right. And uh, are you trying to round out some rosters here? What's we going are on? trying to round out some rosters. I mean, with everything else, you know, I mean, guys move on because they play in Sherwood Park. They play in St. Albert. Some guys want to go play in different league, whatever the case may be. Some of the teams we have, I think we have seven teams in the Cuthbertson. And uh, some of the teams are looking to round out their rosters. So we're looking to attract some new players. Now, we have a skills assessment camp coming up or what we affectionately refer to as what's left of our skills assessment. <laughs> and I mean, that's the way I started. I went out to the camp and there's a bunch of guys standing around watching and, you know, they, they assess where you are. You'll hit some infield and, uh, you know, throw the ball around for a while. And if you have the skills to be on a Cuthbertson team, then they'll put you on one. And I would encourage anyone, if you like playing slow pitch, I mean, come out and try this. You know what? It's so much fun. It's a great social atmosphere. You meet some great people. It's great networking. Um, you know what? The season's here in May. We start when Mother Nature tells us we can start in May and we run through to August. Uh, it's a nice, concise schedule. We play Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Now, no Friday games, no weekend games. Still go out to the lake. But every week you will play two games. So either one doubleheader so or okay. two single nights. So it's not you're not playing every night. Right. But having said that, if you want to play every night, you absolutely can. I mean, there's tournaments every weekend. There's always teams looking to pick up guys. You can play as much as you want, or you can play two times a week. Do you guys have a dedicated diamond or set of diamonds? We play out of Airways Park uh, down by Kingsway Mall. Well, they got downtown. tons it's of diamonds there, don't they? facility. Yeah. Well, I mean, every diamond is fenced. Yeah. Um, and let me tell you something. These guys take care of this place. The infields are immaculate. The, the outfields are all mowed. There's dugouts, the whole bit. There's a really nice picnic area, let's call it that, covered beverage area for after the game is right. done, where the socializing, you know what, um, it's a beautiful facility, it really is. All right, and wh- wh- where can we go to these what's left for your skills camps? There's one coming up on the 13th. Now, it is coming up, it's uh, the turf, well, it's on the website. Um, ESSPA.ca. ESSPA.ca. ESSPA.ca, if you're interested. The first thing you see is the uh, the assessment camps. There's one coming up April 13th and one coming up on April 16th. It's about an hour okay. and a half. Go to the website, get the information, come out and, uh, and join us for an hour and throw the ball around and see if you like it. Well, that's that's pretty cool. I love talking about stuff like this that uh, that lets people know what's what's going on in the city and and, and good opportunities for people to get. So how are are. So some of the divisions are clearly more competitive than the others then. Is they that are. fair I mean, to say? You, you know, the first three are, are, are more recreational. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, in the uh, in the Bronner division, you can play with your wife. You know, you can sign up. It's co-ed. You can play together. That's probably focusing a little bit more on recreation. I mean, the Cuthbertson is the competitive division. Uh, it is the double-A division. I mean, we, uh, you know, everything's rules. We got paid umpires. I mean, everything, rules, regulations, the whole bit. Uh, we do drug testing, performance-enhancing drugs, you know. <laughs> Incidentally, it's, it's really interesting because every every guy in our division's ever been tested comes back positive for the same three things: Coors Banquet, Ben Gay, and sausage. <laughs> oh, there we go. Like we 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 make sure that you know everybody conforms, everybody fits the rules and regulations. Uh, but it is competitive, and, and honestly, like there are some great ball players. Is there uh, like is there the opportunity to play like? Provincials, regionals, like does it go this? <laughs> These guys go pitch? everywhere. Yeah. They, they go down to Utah. They go to St. Really? George. Oh, in the fall. Now I believe it's called the Huntsman Games. It's, I think it's the biggest slow pitch tournament in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm getting down there one day because it sounds like a blast. But there are tournaments every weekend of the summer all over this province. The 55 plus games I think are in Medicine Hat this year. That's a huge gathering. Uh, but like I say, if you want to play on the weekend, you want to play tournaments. I mean, you just let it be known. And there's guys trying to pick up extra guys to go to tournaments everywhere. Now, were you... I, I've seen you golf, and by the way, you are clearly better than me, so the thanks for flattering me earlier. Uh, were you a baseball player at any point in your life? 
I played when I was really, really young. Like um, way back. Yeah, and I, and I played slow pitch. I mean, company slow pitch. And like I say, I have no idea. I went to a skills development or a skills assessment camp. I have no idea how I ended up and how I keep ending up on the roster. I mean, I must have some endearing quality. I keep making the team. Well, you're a glue guy. Yes, exactly. Well, <laughs> let me tell you, the most important guy in the team is the guy in charge of the beverages after right. the game. Make yes, sure you he bring the cooler. he always has a spot. Exactly. Uh, but you know what? A lot of these guys grew up playing very competitive ball. And I'm telling you, I mean, 45, 50 years old, 55, they can hit, they can run. Like, it's serious. It's very social. It's very fun. The guys have a great time. But they're there to play ball. Uh... Somebody just texting in, say it's slower so I can write it down. Okay, here's the website for everybody. E-S-S-P-A dot C-A. Or you can just Google Edmonton Senior Slow Pitch Association. And if you need us to talk slower, then you're perfect for our league. <laughs> the slower we talk, the more you should come play with us. Right. Well, it is it is, uh, it is is slow pitch. Uh, John says, ask Kevin if he's a better pitcher or outfielder. You know... John Sabai is John probably knows president. you. Well, that's the whole okay. thing. Well, John's on our executive. We went through all the executive to do this interview, hit the bottom of the barrel, and here I am because nobody else could well, make Well, because you just had to walk upstairs to do the yeah. interview. That, and that's I, was, conven- I was winded coming upstairs. So. It was convenient for me. Where's your next guest? I'll just drag him upstairs yes, so exactly. you don't have to worry about the, the, the phone number. Yeah, I'm only here for the northern chicken. I heard some guests get a northern chicken. Well, thanks to you. <laughs> hey, that's Kevin that made that happen, everybody. Uh, okay, well, th- th- this is fun. Thanks for doing this, and, and I love these types of interviews as we get into the the spring and summer as well so we'll have to try to find some uh, serious slow pitchers to get in studio maybe and tell some stories about going to that tournament in utah or some of their other exploits trust me there are stories galore when it comes to this and you know i just want to say like don't like don't worry about you know coming out with a friend or having to bring somebody with you just come out virtually every person on our team showed up originally by themselves i mean within 10 minutes you're in the dugout the insults are flying and people are (laughs) chirping back and forth and everybody's one big happy family so well, this is great. Uh, Reed, can you put a shout-out to truck driver Wesley? He uh, Wesley Bradley takes his family every year for two weeks to Utah. So there we go. we got somebody going to that oh, tournament. It's, it's huge. It is absolutely huge. I've heard phenomenal now, things Now, it's Utah. in Utah, so do they still have the beverages there? Well, they stay on the other side in, I think, Laughlin or Mesquite. What's what's over the... There's something oh, just it's over right the, on the... Oh, it's right on the it's border. Right on let the me tell border. you. <laughs> it's within staggering distance of the Diamonds. That's Let's put incredible. it that way. E-S-S-P-A dot C-A. Kevin Sprakes, thanks for coming on. Reed, thank you, and thank you very much for the time. Look at the website, folks. It's a lot of fun. Come out and join us. Senators lead the Rangers 3-1 late in the third, early third. Blackhawks up 2-1 on the Blues. Raptors win 115-105 over the Nets. Condors trail the Moose 2-1 after 2. 5.30 face-off show tomorrow. Game at 7. Oilers-Sharks. Thanks to Angie Quinnell, our studio producer. Dave Campbell's the producer of Inside Sports. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thank you for listening. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.